Yeah, we're in First Peter chapter five, verses six and seven. We've been working through the book of First Peter, basically verse by verse, and unpacking in this encouragement series. So the goal is to give you courage to live for Jesus. Um, through encouragement, uh, to live boldly like him, to, to find salvation, to pursue that in Jesus Christ, because there are a lot of great and uh, wonderful things that God has there to offer. So I want to encourage you, go back, listen, read First Peter chapter uh, 5 and all the other chapters as we move through that. So uh, the question to kind of get us all on the page of where we're going in the scriptures is about anxiety. Have you ever been anxious about anything? Uh, when you first took your, your driver's test, and the super judgy judge was next to you. Like, if you, I remember my driver's ed guy said, if you sneeze and your eyes close at any point while driving this, I'm going to fail you. And I remember thinking, I now have to sneeze. I'm going to have to hold it this whole time. So I was like crazy eyes the whole time just driving like, rah, but I was anxious. Because I did not want to go back to my friends and say, I passed my driver's ed test. Not only would I lose guy points, but friend values. So we get anxious about things. New jobs, new cities, new relationships. I mean, things can, can stir in up anxiousness or, or worry or concern or things we feel we have to address and, and, and move after. And, and, and the challenge is, really to the point of a problem, is that sometimes we maul those things over way too much when we should just hand it over, right? Have you ever fallen asleep at night not being able to sleep? Because you're just mulling over some of these type A, you know, type A people that are like, I can't, because you just can't turn your mind off. And it just goes and it goes and it goes and it goes. Um, we maul things over too much. And, and usually when it comes to anxiousness and anxiety, um, we end in two points. We end where we, with despair. Man, things just cannot get any better. I see no way out. Or we end on the other side, repair. I can fix this. I can do this. I can bootstrap this. I mean, this is America for crying out loud. We pull up our bootstraps and we get after it. We work harder. We work smarter. We make it happen. But all of those goals and anxiousness is what? To be lifted up. No one likes to be down in the pit of anxiety. No one likes to be down there where depression weighs in and uncertainty lives. So we're all desiring that goal to be lifted up. Which is why this one thing is, is so important out of scriptures. And I love it. And for us as a coastal fishing community, this is going to make a lot of sense. So cast it all. All the anxiety. Cast it all to the one mighty enough to take care of it all. And that's what the scripture is going to show and bear out for us. Because God is mighty. Let me just give you a 30,000 foot view of God's mightiness. In Genesis chapter 1, God creates something out of nothing by his word. My parents used to do that when I was growing up. If you don't change your attitude, I brought you into this world, I'm going to take you out. Right? Mom and dad would say that. So God in Genesis 1 just speaks through Jesus and everything's created. Joshua chapter 10, in order to help um, the Hebrews win their great mighty battle, he makes the sun and the moon stand still for 24 hours in the sky. It doesn't move. And he just simply says, sun, stand still. Moon, don't move. And it took that long for the God's people to win victory. We can go into Numbers 22. And God makes a donkey able to shrek it out and talk human language to Balaam. Who he was trying to protect from this angel with the sword. And it tells us that story that this animal is actually able to Dr. Doolittle and speak to his human master in order to save and protect him. 
Oh, but I get anxious, Nathan. I get worried or I want to try to fix things myself. When's the last time you had your animal speak to you? And I'm not just talking about those cute dogs that can hit those buttons on those viral videos and like, food, 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 play, play. I'm talking speak English so you understand it. But I'm not done. Um, Acts 2, or, or 2 Kings 6. So there's this guy, right? So it's an agricultural community through pretty much all of the Bible, which means your tools you had to farm was your lifeblood. And if you lost those, you lost everything. So Elisha the prophet comes up on this guy who was working with his axe. Axe head flies off, sinks, as all axe heads do, to the bottom of this body of water. So he's standing there and he's going, my entire livelihood is lost. What am I going to do? And Elijah comes over, prays, asks for God to help him. God makes the axe head float to the top of the water, and the guy grabs it out. But I'm going to despair. I'm going to try to repair things myself. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see Jesus gives the blind sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor preach good news, demons are cast out and away from people. Man, cast all that you have to the one mighty enough to take care of it all. In Acts chapter 5 and 12, an angel actually breaks apostles up out of prison. He uses earthquakes, he uses angels, and he's like, look, whatever you're anxious about, whatever you're concerned about, I can make the sun stand still. Cast all that you got on me because I care for you, God says. And if he can certainly do those things, he absolutely will take care of you, Christian. Remember your salvation and remember all that God can do. So the next time you want to worry or freak out or the next time you want to step up and work it out yourself, don't. Hand it over. Give it to God. Because you're never going to be able to do better than he ever can. And you're never ever going to be able to care for a situation like God can care for. So in all of those things. In fact, let, let me give you a little bit of, of context here when we talk about God's care. God, God cares so much that he wants to, to carry the stuff that messes you up. There's not a lot of people in your life that would even come close to what God is about that. Right? I don't, I don't want to hear about your celebrations. I don't want to hear about all this stuff. Just anything that's messing you up right now, I want. And I'm going to transform and redeem that into such a way that not only does it strengthen and draw our relationship closer together, but I'm going to take care of it perfectly. So God in this context says, I care for you. I desire for you to be in a close relationship with me. So just cast it all here to me. God says, give it all. And, and when we talk about these cares, the, the real sort of Greek word for that is a distracting care or concern. So it isn't always that you've messed something up, but it's more of like um, a parent who loves their kids and, and is anxious and concerned for their future. Or when you extend the curfew an extra hour, right? Or they get their driver's license. You're like, oh my, this person is now out there. Alert everyone, right? So God's like, all that stuff that keeps you up, give it to me because I care. So let's look at 1 Peter um, chapter 5, verse 6. As he talks about, it. I mean, think about this. The answer to all anxiety lies in these two scriptures. You never have to worry again, as Jesus said in Matthew 6. Never have to be overwhelmed or concerned. When you meet people that are, you've got the good news that can set them free. Verse 6. Um, humble yourselves. We've been talking about that for several weeks. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Right? So when we're talking about this humbling yourself, remember, humbleness and humility is, is thinking of yourself less, not thinking less of yourself. Humility isn't low self-esteem. Humility is servanthood. 
Humility serving and caring and seeing what you can do to make someone else's day better and, and closer to who God is. But then it talks about this like mighty hand of God, like to put yourself um, under that. It's like, um, what a good example of that. Oh, uh, like when we had our family night out there on the, on the property on 210, right? And it was just like crazy hot out there. It was crazy hot. And people were putting themselves under the tent of the mighty hand of snow cones. Man, those people were just, kill- I don't know how many snow cones our teens may have popped out. But people were like, it's so hot. Run under the mighty hand of snow cones. And there were a variety of flavors there. And they were just running under and running under and running under. Why? To seek shelter and care in a better way. So when you're thinking about God saying, come under the mighty hand of God, he's like, look, provision and protection. You're already getting anxious or being tempted to be. You're already trying to figure out how I can fix whatever's broken myself. And God's like, stop mulling it over, hand it over. Don't try to fix it yourself. You're just going to mess it up. Or even even just to give love and grace, you just never do it as good as God perfectly can. Because who knows everything? Who could do everything? Who's all powerful? Only God is. Right? So he's like, just come under the, the shelter and protection of the mighty hand of God. So that what? So that at the proper time, he may exalt you. So, so you, you see the sovereignty of God. No one likes to stay in anxiousness. I know they say misery loves company, but not for very long. People want out of that. We invent things out of that. Right? And we've got air conditioning we're sitting in now. Could you imagine what it was like for people down here in North Carolina before air conditioning exists trying to have church? You'd be like, we're going to go in a parking lot. Our horses are falling over dead. This is crazy. So we know what it is to prepare and pursue and move and, and to exalt. And, and which really means, a, it's a great biblical word for lifting up. And, and God says, look, trust me. Come under my hand. Let me work. And I'll at the proper time lift you up. So have patience and obedience. In fact, what we see from us in this is, is this truth. In this verse, in your anxiousness, God is asking for submission, obedience, and faithfulness. To just rest and trust in him. Now, he'll give you faithful steps to follow. But as far as this verse is concerned, you're just supposed to run for shelter. To the refuge of the strength of God. And then, in the midst of this, what does God do? God just is is activated automatically in his sovereignty. His omniscience, his omnipotence. His omnipresence. I mean, he's everywhere. And he's all-powerful and he's all-knowing. And that's who you want to run to shelter to, right? That's who you want to trust in where you work and worship and live and recharge. Is that mighty hand of God working and doing as he knows is best and sees fit and can do all things. So you come under that and trust. That's what I love about verse 6. You know, the proper time is, is perfect timing and provision. For God is there for you and in order to bring about his glory and help you become a, a better disciple of Jesus Christ. To become more like Jesus. So next time you're stressing about getting your reports in for work or people aren't showing up to work anymore or your relationship's getting a little thin, you don't know if it's going to make it, you can just trust in the mighty hand of God. And remember, you humble yourself. So you go, how can I serve? How can I be like Christ in the midst of this? Let's, um, you, just, you just start thinking about that. So, so what should we turn to when we need uplifted? Let me just remind you what this verse says. The mighty, perfectly timed hand of God. Right? You're stressed. You're worried. You're anxious. You want to fix it. You're despairing. You want to repair. And just go, God, he, he literally is in control. And he will be able to take this thing and work and move. Verse 7. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7. 
I really like this one. This is one of the uh, sort of the early verses that, that my kids have sort of memorized in, in homeschool is First uh, Peter 5, 7. And it says this, I'm casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You know what it's like. You've been that person that someone's just put their burdens on you, made their urgencies, your emergencies, and just how that, huh, and just ways, and they're just like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help in this. Well, in this verse, the Lord is like, look, here's how you humble yourself back in verse 6. You put the pride away that things can't get any better. You put the pride away that you can repair it, and you just cast it on him. All the anxieties. Literally, it means to throw in the Greek language. So you would hear this all the time. You throw something. You, you're, you're trying to get rid of it. And isn't that what you want to do with your anxiety? You don't want to just be like, oh, here. You're like, get the junk. Take this. I'm handing it to somebody else who can throw it better. Here, throw that for me. And God's like, cast it. Or here. I can remember um, being in the campground and, and running into people and they had those old like Bible nets, right? And they were cast fishing off the pier of the campground. And I remember asking them, like, like, how do you do that, right? It was just like you'd see in the Bible movies with the guys with their Jesus sandals on, like, whoosh, and they'd just go and it'd fan out and do it. And I was like, hey, let me try that. Kerplop. And it just went right in. My family would starve and die, and everyone else in our little community would have too. And I was like, what am I not doing right? And they're like, you got, you got to be all in, Nathan. You got to be all in. You can't just barely cast a net, you can't try to hold on to it either because you know what happens then. Ah, splash! Then all the fish are gone and all the fishermen are mad because this giant whale of a person just fell in the water. They're like, man, when you're casting something, Nathan, you've got to throw it as hard and as far and as committed as you can. And you know what? They were right. When I grabbed that net and just took it and with all that I could, just flung it out there and it just helicoptered around and landed. Did I catch something? Another story, another message, but no. But I still cast it right. You know, I still got it out there right. And that's what this verse is saying, man. Don't, don't mull it over. Don't think about it. Don't need it. Don't try to mold it. You don't even have to shine it up so Jesus will accept it more because that won't make any difference. You just put it in your hands. You just white knuckle that thing. You rear back and just throw it. Launch it. If you're softball, God, just get it out there. Because Jesus wants you to cast it. Why? Because it's, it's crushing you and it's hurting you and it's giving you a false sense of, of either the Savior complex where I can fix this and I can do it and I'm smart enough, fast enough, and strong enough, or it's defeating you and beating you down. I am not able to overcome this. And God's like, yeah, you're right. I can do this in you. So you cast that on him. You trust in him over your ability to win. And don't let Jesus be last before you cast. Don't try to do everything else before you come to Jesus last. Because you're just going to create a whole bunch of other problems for you. And for someone else. Oh, well, did you try this? I can't tell me how many times in real life I had to say a prayer and go, God, I cannot fix this situation. I do not know what's wrong with this car. Do something. Prayed over it. Probably like a crazy person. Just hood. Bleh. Prayed over it. Set in. Shroom, it started. We could tell mighty, mighty stories about that stuff all the time. Or God provided. And you probably have even more majestic stories where God did those things. So he's like, look, God's hand and God's love for you is mighty. It's, it's the mightiest over, over all things. It should be where we go first, second, third, and last. 
We shouldn't even try anything else. There is no multiple choice. We really shouldn't even have to fill in the blank. We should just do it. Here, God, this is what I've got. This is what's bringing me. Even if you start feeling it, just come to just... God, just give it because who else can lift you up? Who else can change your heart and your mind and your soul and invigorate your strength? No one but God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So just start casting. Just start doing it. Pursue after that. So why does God want you to cast his anxieties on him? There aren't many people in your life who would want that, right? They don't want your junk. You don't take your dirty laundry over and wash it at their house unless you're a college student coming to visit mom, which I did. Then you're like, here, I'm casting all my laundry on you. Who cares for me? And you just put that out there. But generally speaking, why does God want us to do that? Because he loves us and he cares for you and he loves to take care of you in ways that draw you closer to him. So he'll take all those instances, not just the good moments, not just the reminding times of salvation and celebration, but all the hard rags and difficult stuff too. He's just like, bring it all in. Cast it all in. I'll take care of everything, right? My burden is light and my yoke is easy. And Jesus is like, just cast it in. Because he cares for you. He loves you. And he's mighty. And he wants to strengthen the relationship that you guys have together through that. So here's where we have to stop and mention salvation, right? If you're not a Christian, your first care is that humongous bundle of sin that you've not found forgiveness for. We know in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus died on the cross. Why? For the forgiveness of our sins. He was raised from the dead by the power of God. Why? To show that he can forgive sins that he's got. So if you're here today or you're watching live online, I would say to you, your first care that you need to cast is all of your sin. Your wrong doing, your wrong thinkings, and your wrong sayings. That's the first one. And then you'll be saved by grace through faith, through no works of your own. It's a free gift of God. Just to give it to him and say, God, forgive me for my sins. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Right? Because if I'm standing on the playground, man, and some other kid starts throwing stuff at me that's not my kid, I'm going to have something to say about that. But my kids start throwing stuff at me. I'm like, I'll do that. My kids do that to me all the time. Dad, here, hold this. Dad, here, hold this. Dad, here, hold this. Like, how many arms do I have? Some other kid walks up to me, dad, here, hold this. I'm like, what? I am not your dad. This is a dangerous situation. Whose kid is this? You. So when you come to Christ and you come to him as Lord and Savior, that is your greatest need. Your greatest need isn't to overcome anxiety. That will all come next, right? Pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added under. I would say to you, commit yourself to Christ, right? Romans 10, 9 and 10. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead. You will be saved. I mean, it's that easy. Your heart, you believe in your mouth, you confess. Dude, you can go even easier in the Old Testament, Joel 2, 32. I'm calling the name of the Lord and you shall be saved, right? Jesus, just help me. You don't get to give a big oration. Just call for him to save you. Call for him to pursue it to that. Because it's those kids, um, the, the family of God is able to tap into this. But if you're not a part of the family of God, that's your first need. Adoption. Adoption. You don't just want to show up at somebody's house and start eating at their table. Unless you're part of their family or you've been invited in. Which Jesus does. So based on this message, what can you do to become more like Jesus Christ? Yes, I first person that. Because, you know, there has to be a part of this where you take this in. I'm not up here to testify of, of, of my story and growth. I'm here to, to share the truth of God's word and say, now what for you? So just give you some options and some ways to pursue this. This sort of casting all your cares on the one who is able to take care of it all. Let's just talk about your worship, first of all. 
This is where it has to start in your worship. And I would say, cast all of your anxieties on God. He alone. I, I, I cannot emphasize hard enough. I, I see why people set in ashes in the Bible and would tear their clothes to make a point. That there is no one greater who can protect and provide for you than your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, than God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And I would tell you, cast all your anxieties on God. So in your private personal devotions, do that. Right now, in this moment, whatever you've brought in with you, or whatever's followed you in, put that on God. Because he alone can provide. Remember, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he's everywhere. He cares for you, and he made a way through Jesus. So in your personal devotion, or in our corporate worship here, cast it all on him. He wants it, he desires it, and he cares for you. Here's what I'd say in community. Like, how do you live this out in community? What if you're already doing that? What if in your own personal devotion, you're like, man, I'm casting it on. A community, I would say, let God do the lifting up. Trust in word, thought, and deed that God will provide all you need. So a community, that's your response. Why are you not concerned about, why are you not seeking, the, and you just be like, look, God's sovereign. What do we say around here? God's still on the throne. You guys know that, Right? Like no one's ever said on God's throne but his. Jesus has his own in his right hand. But God's still on the throne, y'all. Back here for this. On the throne. Right here. Right now. On the throne. So trust in him. In all your ways. So just seek to pursue and to do all that. So when you're out in a community, just go, look, I'm going I'm to trust in God. I'm going to be submissive. I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to be faithful. That's what we see in verse 6. Oh, here's a great way to serve. Right there. Because when you talk about humbleness, you have to talk about servanthoodness. And I would say this. Help others cast all their anxieties um, on God as well. And, and here's a great way to do that. Um, tell others how the mighty hand of God has helped you. Maybe, maybe of all the four we're going to talk about, this one's the easiest. Because you just simply have to say, here's what God's done for me and when he did it. In fact, I put a little note, because um, typically the stories and testimonies go this way. When I was, he did. When I was, fill in the blank, he did. So you just, you want to help other people cast their anxieties on God? Tell that story. Tell your similar struggle. Tell your advice and go, yeah, I get it. Because when this was rolling against me, here's what God did. Here's how he showed up. Here's how his mighty hand protected. Remember we talked about all that stuff. God making something out of everything out of nothing. The sun and the moon standing still. Donkeys talking. Axe heads floating. The, the lame walking. The lepers cleansed. I mean literally there's nothing God can do to, to lift you up for his good glory and to help you become more like Jesus Christ. So when you're out there, tell that story. Man, just share it over the lunch table. Here's what God did. Here's my response. When you're about to make a decision at work, roll it up and, and pray and go, hey, here's the deal. We used to do that. When I worked at a seal factory and, was a, a, and did lawn care for a while there, I'd get my crew together. They gave me a crew, like four to five guys. And we'd have different jobs we had to accomplish. And we'd get together and go, hey, let's just pray about this real quick and see how God wants us to do it. Some of those guys hated Jesus. Some of those guys couldn't care less about Jesus. But we still circle up. We're going to pray and follow what God's going to have for us to do. It's certainly not going to hurt anything. And it's certainly going to help. And you know what? In the lunch tables when their lives were crazy or they were worried or anxious about something, they would start asking questions. And you had already paved that road. I would say this too, multiplication. Because 
everybody wants to be less anxious. Like I wouldn't even have to pull that. And even if I did it like the Christian way, right? Bow your heads, close your eyes, no one's looking around. Raise your hand if you don't want to be anxious anymore. Woo! And you'd all, some of you'd be like double hands, feet and toes. Like I don't want to be anxious anymore. Nobody wants to be anxious. The world has anxious in it, but Here's what God does to help us to multiply that in other people. Celebrate when God liberates. When God provides, don't just let it slide. Tell someone. Every moment that that happens. If it's a stranger, great. Hey, what let it fuel you getting? Guess what God just did? Doesn't matter. Do it. Don't let it slide when God liberates. Take the opportunity to celebrate what God has done and what he's doing. Which is exactly what's happening in scriptures here. Peter's going, look, here's what I've been inspired to tell you by the Holy Spirit. And God's perfect, sovereign, inerrant word. This will liberate you and really set you free. And now you've been equipped with every good thing. Let's look at the one thing one last time. The one thing one last time. Just to remind ourselves of, of, of this good truth, right? Cast it all to the one mighty enough to take care of it all. You will never run into a, a problem of anxiety that you are now not equipped to handle. You can choose not to use the tool, right? You can choose to try to push the nail in the wood with your thumb. Or you can get the mighty hand of God and go, bam, done. Trust and hand over. But you've been equipped in such a way that you might be able to help all of those. Would you say that our world has a bit of anxiousness in it right now? Yeah, would you say our town even has a little bit of anxiousness in it? Yes and amen. Now some of you are starting to worship, right? You're like, yeah, people are anxious. People are concerned. What's going to happen and what's going to come on? And what's God say? Man, bring yourself under the shelter of my mighty hand. And just trust in me to provide and, and lift you up at the right time. Just submit, obey, and be faithful. So 